You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Also, a hello to the listeners on the radio. That's right, on the bet in Las Vegas our sports station, our Odyssey sports station in the city of lights, Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for being with us all. If you don't subscribe to the show already, wherever you get your audio, just search Silver and Black today and you'll find us. I'm Scott Gobranson, your host. Also my co-host, the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, Mo Moten, Midtown Mo, as we call him. You can follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. We've had fun talking about free agency. Now, Mo, it's time to turn it over to them the fans, the listeners, Raider Nation mailbag segment for the week. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about our interactions on Twitter this week. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh-oh. They've been such a mixed bag. I said it yesterday. In a period of two hours, somebody was telling me that I hate the Raiders. I'm a Raider hater. Bringing up the fact that I grew up a Charger fan, because that's always some people love to continue to bring that up for some reason. And number two... I had somebody else then tell me that I'm on the payroll. I've had more than one person because I was being positive and that I wasn't saying that the world was ending. And, and you and I always get into the whole Twitter thing and how it's just not reality and that it, it definitely it definitely serves a, a certain mindset more than others. Not that there isn't positive, great folks on Twitter because we interact with a lot of them as well. But just like last year, and I've, I've checked, I had to check. It's happening in all fan bases. It's not just Raider Nation. But Raider Nation, because of the pent-up demand for, I don't know, a playoff team, um, it's just, it's been so crazy. And I've I've never muted as many people in my life as I did this year because I've never had more people come at me. And I don't even block them. I just mute them. But it's interesting how in two hours, window opens Monday, two hours later, the Raiders are going to fail. They're going to stink. They're not going to win a game next year. It's remarkable how fast it goes. As a Twitter free agency veteran, 
<laughs> on the NFL side, <laughs> I'll just say this, Scott. I'm just going to give you some advice. And I, you, you probably don't even need it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. There are fans out there who are going to be upset because they were staunch supporters of Derek Carr and they feel like whatever oh. happens after the, the, the release of Derek Carr, this, this regime is doomed to fail. There are other fans who feel like no matter what, the Patriot way is a failure. And I can understand that portion sure. of fans because, as we just said in the first segment, has not worked out for the most part for other uh, coaches under Bill Belichick. Right. And then there are other fans who were on the positive side. And I heard our buddy Murph over at Raider Fan Radio Great just say, stuff. look, I'm not going to be negative because if I'm negative, I'm not going to put energy into this. I'm just going to look at it from a positive perspective because what else could I do? I'm not yes. here making the moves. But all I could do as a fan is hope for the best. Now, may I question certain moves? May I not like certain moves? Yeah, sure. But I'm going to sit here and I'm going to hope for the best because I'm not going to make myself sick over things that I cannot control. Right. And, and vent. Fans vent. Right. Yeah. You've heard me vent. I'm I, baseball yeah. wise. I'm a Padres fan. I've had 50 years of nothing. OK, so so I, I know that feel. I know that feeling. But unless the Padres have now the Padres are spending money like they're like it's going out of style. So they're actually going to compete. So I feel really good at going into the year. If my team wasn't, I would understand the point of view. But as I said, and you've been saying to people like, look, and what Murph said so perfectly, mm -hmm. which is you choose to how, you, how you're going to react to it. You can't control it. I think fans want to feel like they can control it sometimes. And again, the venting is good. I got no problem with it. We, after games, we do our live show and people are venting. It's awesome. It's perfect. That's what it's for. It's great. But this idea that they owe you something or that you, because it's been 20 years and it's funny when people start talking about 25 years and I look and they're like 26 years old. Um, Cause really how long have they suffered? But anyway, the, the, you look at that and you're like, you can't control the team. All you can control is, is one thing. And that is if you follow the team or you don't follow the team, like you have a choice. Right. And so, yes, you want your team, you're invested. I had a PSL holder fight with me saying I've invested 50 K. I have a say, you know, if they don't do that, well, why I invested this and it's my investment. I said, well, it's not really an investment. Well, no, it is. And I said, and that's what the ticket person told you. Now, unless you sell your tickets for a profit, which is perfectly within your rights, which Raider fans hate because then visiting fans come in. Uh -huh. It's not really an investment. What it's an investment in is your desire to go and enjoy the game and be a fan. That's where your investment is. That I agree on. So, so I get this, but the emotional, um, what's the emotional investment? Like, I just can't imagine. And I know people will say, you don't understand. You haven't been a Raider fan. I get that piece of it, but I am a fan of other teams. So I, I understand it, but you, you get to decide every day, Mo, if you're going to be negative and the world is coming to an end and the sky is falling, then that's how it's going to feel for you all the time. Even when you succeed, you're never going to truly enjoy it because you're going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. As the resident Raider fan <laughs> on the show, grew up you're a Raider a Jets fan on fan. the show. <laughs> Since I grew up a Raiders fan, I understand <laughs> if you if you are a person who's gone to game, spent your money, because let's remember, sure. you know, majority of America isn't rich. It's expensive to go to these games. So you're going to these games, you're supporting a team. And I, so I understand the frustration where I'm spending my money to go watch a bad football team. No one yeah. wants that. No. I have a friend who's a Raider fan who drove from Kentucky to Las Vegas to see the Raiders what? and they got spanked by the Chiefs. He was not happy. 
So I can totally understand. I can totally understand being upset that you spend all of this money, however you spend it, on the Raiders, and they're not putting a quality product on the field. The other thing I will say is the investment is the emotional investment, and that's what we deal with on social media, on Twitter. And this is why I'm patient with fans online because I understand the emotional investment. I understand venting and going on social media because that's your your time where you can have your say, so to speak. Now, you don't have say in – what the Raiders are doing, but you get to speak your mind and it's their time to speak their mind. So this is why I would say, Scott, my advice to you is if you get a, a person who's just overly emotional, let them have that moment. Now, if a fan asks you a question or they have an inquiry, that's when you have a dialogue with them. And you can have a civil discussion online. Yes, I, I do. The issue, though, is when somebody calls you an a-hole because your opinion is different, that's yeah. different. Like yeah. I get like I have plenty of people. I have great discussions with people who 100 percent disagree with something I say. They believe the exact opposite and they tell me emphatically why. Totally cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right. And and I and actually I, I like that because it makes me test my own thinking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll say something and you'll have a different view. And we talk okay. about it. We go back and forth, whether it's text or on the show here. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. I, my mind is in a different space now. Because you can, mm-hmm. by the way, you can change your mind. You can say, <laughs> yes, it's it's the loss, unbelievable. And that's, and that's what, that's what, that's what Murph talked about on his show too. But the point <laughs> is you can save a tweet of something I said three months ago that turned out to be wrong because guess what? I know it's hard to believe, but I am human. And yes, things, we, we are all wrong on things and I'm perfectly fine to admit that. But fans' emotions um, on, on, on an hourly basis on free agency, I just, listen, be excited, but at the same time, give it some time. I've, and, and I have to say that the majority of fans that I've now interacted with are actually in that boat. They're in the, hey, I'm not exactly excited. I'm, I'm questioning what's going on, but I'm going to wait a little bit and see what happens. Like that, that I totally get. They're emotional too, but they're giving it some time. And of course, this drove a lot of mail to the mailbag. So we got to get to that as well. But, Mm -hmm. but anyway, I listen for those people out there who don't want to call my mother things and, 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 and make fun of, uh, all kinds of personal appearance stuff and all that. Look, I don't need you in my life. It's cool. You can go do that. I don't really care. But for those folks who want to have dialogue, I love it. And I know Mo, you love it. We both do it. Um, and, and the one thing I always say, and I tweeted it out too, which is we're going to be objective. I'm not going to be as, and I used your term, by the way, I don't know if you saw the tweet, unicorns and rainbows. I'm not going to be that. I saw the emojis. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're not going to do it either. And so that's what I say. If you want stuff blown up the backside, then go find it. You can find it. And God bless those people who make that content because that's what they do. And there's nothing wrong with it. But that's not what we do here. So what we'd like to do, though, is we like to interact with people. So that's good. That's why we do a mailbag. Right. We don't have to do a mailbag. It's, we could we could fill the time talking because, look, I won't shut up now. But but we'll, we'll get to your questions because there's lots of them. And we're going to get to a few today and we'll carry some over to next week. All right. You ready, Mo? I'm absolutely ready. I've been dealing uh, with questions all day on Twitter from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm prepared. I know. I know you've been very good about that in between your writing. All right. Here's one from Brian Bowles. Brian says, hey, my name is Brian. I just wanted to say my thoughts on the whole Jimmy G situation. The more I think about it, the more I support it. Not being uh, that I like Jimmy G, I don't. I made fun of him as a 49er because he was on San Francisco. But because this signing shows the Raiders aren't panicking, drafting a top QB 
who we aren't confident in would be a panic move. The contract is very friendly, and even though I haven't seen the official deal, I bet we will have to uh, we have a good out in 2025. It just confirms to me that they want to build long term. Thanks again, Brian Bowles, first time a mail to us. So Brian, thank you for that. What do you think? Does the, the, the Jimmy G move? I know it was the first one, and it was somewhat polarizing, and I get why for a lot of the same reasons you and I talked about on the show, which is a health issue. Um, but his point about it shows that they're not panicking. Do you agree with that? I agree in the sense that now reports came out on Wednesday that the Raiders inquired about the number one overall pick from the Bears and that they made a call on Aaron Rodgers, but the trade didn't consummate, so they turned their attention to Jimmy G. So that to that point, I agree with Brian's email that – they're not panicking. They didn't They didn't go desperate and say, okay, we have to get Aaron Rodgers. We're willing to give up anything for Aaron Rodgers. We're willing to give up anything for the number one overall pick. Dave Ziegler has a limit on what he's willing to compensate or spend for certain things, and he's going to stick to that philosophy whether it works or not. And I can respect that because at least you know mm-hmm. he's not going to overpay or overcompensate for something. And that could be a problem with any organization, especially when you're working with a situation you don't have a clear-cut quarterback. Teams get desperate. And the last thing you want to be in the NFL is desperate because teams, other good GMs can use that as a leverage. Yep. But the other thing I will say about the Jimmy G thing is what I said on, on Tuesday is that the while I didn't want the Raiders to sign Jimmy G, I can agree with the contract that he got. The contract that Jimmy G got was appropriate. And I had to point this out 50 times on Twitter <laughs> when I pointed out the fact that Part of the reason the Raiders probably traded Darren Wall is because of his injury history. People go, well, what about Jimmy G? He's hurt all the time. And I will say it's a big difference between being injury prone and being paid the top of your market and being injury prone and being paid an appropriate contract that addresses your injury history. The Raiders addressed the injury history of Jimmy Garoppolo with the contract that they paid him. That wasn't the case with Darren Waller. Jimmy Garoppolo is paid like a middling quarterback who's been injury prone. Darren Waller produced – like a like a tight end who was a middling tight end, but yet he was being paid at the top, top of his market. His yeah. production didn't match his contract. Right. So I understand why they moved on from uh, Darren Waller and why they signed Jimmy G to the contract that they did sign him to. Yeah, no doubt. And and you gave me advice earlier on Twitter. I'm going to give you some advice on Twitter now. You ready? <laughs> I'm waiting. People I'm don't waiting. read. People don't read. Like they, you give them facts and they don't read sometimes. So even though you laid out the contract thing and why it was a good deal for the Raiders, whether you like Garoppolo or not, the contract itself, he doesn't earn a lot of the money unless he plays. So if he only plays eight games, guess what? He's not making the money. And it's a cheap contract. Sorry to cut you up, but as the emailer Brian pointed out, they're outs in Jimmy G's contract where they're not married for, to Jimmy G for three years. Correct. They're literally huge. on every step of the way, even after the first year, even though there's a little more dead cap there, they can get mm-hmm. out of his contract. So it's not like they, they're strapped to Jimmy G and it's Jimmy G or nothing for the next three years. Correct. And, and also, I may add, I still believe, and I could be wrong because it might, it might now be a little bit out of reach. We don't know. I still believe they may be trying to trade up and thinking about one of those quarterbacks. If they were willing to trade into number one, that tells me that they like one of those guys at the top two, meaning Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I would think it would be C.J. Stroud. Uh, And they're willing to play at the top of the draft as long as they don't have to sell the farm, right? And which they were going to have to do with Carolina and, and Carolina and the Chicago Bears 
what Carolina was able to give the Bears was just more than the Raiders could or would give up. And people are saying, well, they could have given Darren Waller. Darren Waller and DJ Moore are not in the same league at this point, especially when you look at age and and projected availability based on the past. So, so that's not even in question. But anyway, I still think that they could make a play, and I don't care what they do in the first round. They will still draft a quarterback somewhere in this draft, and they will sign another veteran of some sort because they need another quarterback. They have to have a second quarterback, whether it's a young guy or it's another veteran. If they don't get somebody in the draft, you can bet that they're going to get two more bodies in camp. So we'll see who that is. All right, Brian, thank you again for that. Guess what? We have another question on Jimmy G. Uh, And this is more of an email. This is from our good friend Jordan Ford in St. Louis. He says, I've already seen people criticize the Jimmy Garoppolo signing, saying, why would we make this lateral move? Here's his response. He says, everyone would agree if Derek Carr was on the same deal that Jimmy Garoppolo was on, we would take Derek Carr. The fact is he's not. The fact is a team did not value him at the contract as the Saints were willing to pay. We all know that this is this year will most likely be a year we draft a quarterback. So would you rather have Derek Carr on a big contract or Jimmy Garoppolo on a on a shorter term contract uh even if he gets hurt with a young quarterback behind him? The glass is half full. It's a glass, excuse me, he says it's a half glass full take, but we finally have optimism because it's something new and I'd rather be optimistic than just say it's going to be a crap year because it was crap before. Sorry for the long-winded response. I just really feel like we should be positive. There you go. That is Jordan Ford, who's written to the show before from St. Louis. Jordan's take. I mean, his point about Derek Carr and the contract, you know, people are trying to compare the two quarterbacks. And I know, I'm sure Baldy talked about it a little bit when we talked to him in the last segment. He, he mentioned it a little, but the comparison is natural. You have to do it, right? You got rid of one guy, you bring in another guy. But when you look at the financial terms, Mo, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I've been on a show and I said, if you separate contract aside, if you put Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo in the same contract in the same system, I would take Derek Carr over Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Derek Carr is way more available than Jimmy G. I think Derek Carr is better, is, has a better arm talent than Jimmy G. The accuracy is about the same. Jimmy G is completing about 67% of his passes. But you have to look at the fact that it was clear that this regime felt like Derek Carr wasn't a fit. So you're taking out a quarterback who supposedly wasn't a fit for J- for Josh McDaniels, and you're bringing in a quarterback who has experience, previous experience. I know it was a while ago, but has still has that experience around Josh McDaniels' system. So I would say in that sense, it's an upgrade from a quarterback, again, who didn't fit to a quarterback who you know fits in your offense. Now, as far as the contract is concerned, I'll reiterate as I did with, after the first email is the fact that Yes, Jimmy G signed a three-year, I believe, sixty-seven point what five million dollars or something yep. like that. Yep. But it's twenty-two point five million per year. Those are the face numbers. The guaranteed money is up to forty-five million guaranteed for a quarterback who's a middling quarterback, injury-prone. That's fair. I believe he's in the middle of the pack in terms of guarantees and, and, and AAV, which is annual salary. So, in a right. sense, you get a quarterback that knows the system, and you're not overpaying for him. Is a decent situation, even though I prefer the Raiders win another direction at the quarterback position. Yeah, and you can say, I mean, we saw Baker Mayfield sign in Tampa Bay on Wednesday. You saw the number there. He's competing for a job. He's not the starter coming in. He was not going to get the same number that Jimmy Garoppolo was. He just wasn't going to. And so, so you can't compare the two of them as well. But you look at that whole situation with the quarterbacks and think about the top of the market. When you think about... When you think about the base salary for Jimmy G being 11.25 
And you look at Joe Burrow. Again, I'm not comparing these two guys because Joe Burrow is one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, in my view. Um, the number that they're talking about, the contract they're working on him for now is about $50 million a year, right? And, of course, you saw what Derek Carr got in New Orleans. So you're right. You have to look at it from that perspective. I'm not saying it's sexy. I know ladies think he's sexy, but I'm saying from a football perspective. <laughs> I got a couple of those, um, but but you look at that, for, and I understand fans aren't like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go buy a Jimmy G jersey. I get I get that, but for what you're getting, the potential of what you're getting, if he stays healthy, uh, it's not a bad deal at all. Scott, let's call it what it is. The Raiders are hoping Jimmy G is is their version of Alex Smith or what the Absolute, Chiefs have before absolutely. Patrick Mahomes. Great. Analogy. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the the Raiders are gonna get Patrick Mahomes in the draft, but what I'm saying is they're hoping Jimmy G is healthy enough to be that bridge quarterback that Alex Smith was before they get they get and find their guy of the future. And, and remember the the key with the Jimmy this this is what and I told you this on on on, on when he got signed and we talked about it which was the idea that if you look at his contract, they have that clean out after two years, right? Mm-hmm. Right? After 2024. It's like, three point, it's like $3.75 million for that if they cut him after two years. If they, if they cut him after two years, right. So what that tells me is if they don't get their young quarterback this year, they're giving yeah, themselves sure. two years to get a young quarterback and to have mm-hmm. him start. After the two years, you would hope that you get the guy maybe this year, and if you don't next year, and they either way they get a year in the system to learn the system before they might have a chance to start or play. And um, that's why that contract structure works out so well. All right. So thank you for that one. We appreciate it. Jordan out in St. Louis, boy, that XFL team is doing good out there. you see their attendance <laughs> records and all that stuff? Pretty Take crazy. Take notes, right. Mark Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Next one is from Johnny in Las Vegas. And he says, Hey guys, Please tell me you think Dave Ziegler is doing a good job because I don't. Question, do you guys have any idea based on what the moves have been so far, what Dave Ziegler's plan is for the Raiders now and in the future? I want to believe, but I can't see any vision here. That's Johnny in Las Vegas. I'll take this one, Scott. And because I said this on Twitter on, was it Tuesday night? I said I tweeted this. I said I believe the plan right now, even though it's not appealing to fans because you don't want to see your top players go. I really feel like the Raiders, and when I say Raiders, Dave Ziegler and Josh Daniels came into Las Vegas thinking we're going to compete and win now. And when that didn't work out, they had to pivot to a rebuild. And what happens during a rebuild? You compile picks. You add all these depth signings. You don't go for the top guys because you're you're basically tearing things down to build it back up. Mm-hmm. And you don't do that with expensive signings. So which trade Darren Waller for a third-round pick. I still feel like Hunter Renfro is going to get traded. And they're compiling picks. As I said, I believe I said this in the first segment. I think they're compiling picks to move up for a quarterback. Now, if they don't get a quarterback, what they can do is they can bundle some of these picks to maneuver themselves up and down a draft to get some blue-chip prospects in the draft. So, again, this is a rebuild. Don't get it mistaken. Don't get it twisted here. I know this is year two of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, but – this is a rebuild. New quarterback, you have to overhaul the defense. That's a rebuild. And again, when, when a rebuild happens, you compile draft picks, you have a bunch of cheap signings that come in, guys that know the system who can play right away, and that's the start of what you would hope is a good build for the future. And, and I understand it's semantics. And, and I, I agree 100% with you, Mo, and how you laid it out. Because, and I was trying to explain this to somebody uh, today, which was, here's the deal. Because, oh, they said they would come in and compete. And that's because they believe they could. Now, they made a bad assessment. 
right? Didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. So, so were they lying? I no. Everybody says they they were lying. Mark Davis lied. No, they didn't lie. They mi they misread what they had and what they could do with what they had. Now, is that on them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fair criticism, right? But I don't believe they lied. And now I have a lot of the fans in Raider Nation are saying, I'm not down for a new, I'm not another rebuild, another rebuild. Well, you kind of knew it was going to happen. And, and the people who are saying, well, he took a playoff team and made it sick. Yes, they should not have gone as backward as they did, but they did. And so now they, I think what they realized, and listen, Mark Davis, it's his team. I understand a lot of you don't like him and you think that he's inept, but he made the decision to put these guys in charge. And so now these guys have to remake the team with players they believe, not John Gruden believes, or Mike, Mike Mayock believes, can do the job and do it in their system. We've now heard more and more. We saw David Carr, great clip the other day, talking about how his brother just didn't click and it didn't work. He didn't want to, he, he didn't do the things that Josh McDaniels wants his quarterback to do, which is basically just do what you're told. And so you get insight there. <laughs> So that's why Derek Carr wasn't a culture fit. He wasn't going to work, not just because not because he's not a good quarterback, but because they weren't going to work. So the, the franchise chose the coach, the GM, over the quarterback, and they wanted to give him what he says he needs to win. Now, whether or not they'll be successful at that, different story. So far, the results have been terrible. But we'll see. And I think that's where this comes in, is what is the vision? The vision is they're making it as they go. And that vision is going to be based on their level of knowledge, their desire, and how they want to shape their football team. And I said this on Twitter, Scott, to people. I'm not here to sell you unicorns and rainbows and tell you everything is going to work out perfectly. We don't know. I'm not here to tell you that all it's going to suck and it's not going to work out at all. What, what I am here to do is to tell you what might happen and why it's happening. Right. And that's, that's what you will call objectivity. Again, I'm not here to sell Daisy and Schilfer and say, you got to hang in there. You got to believe in it. You, I'm not going to do that because as a fan, that's that's your prerogative. Whatever, however yeah. you want a fan, that's how you want to do it. If you want to be highly critical, True. do you. If you want to be highly supportive, do you. I'm not here to tell you to be either either side. But what I'm here to just tell you is that this is why it's probably, these are the moves that are ha that could happen. And this, and this is why it's probably happening to give you kind of a heads up of, how it could make sense for you. If you're trying to make sense of what's happening, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. And, and Johnny, just to, to finish this up and thank you for your question, by the way, appreciate it. Very good one uh, is listen, their vision, they had a vision when they got to Las Vegas and somewhere I'm going to guess around October, <laughs> they realized that vision wasn't going to work just w for all sorts of reasons. And so now we are where we are. And so I think that that sucks. I understand from a fan perspective and they have a lot to prove. There's no question. I may be positive and saying, Hey, you guys got to wait for things to shake out before you get bit crazy on us. But I will tell you this, if you listen to this show and I've had a lot of people, new followers on Twitter lately. So a lot of them don't listen to the show. They know us from Twitter or whatever. And I tell them, if you listen to the show, Mo and I have been saying the same thing. I was a month, I was using the catchphrase that I was charging Josh McDaniels with coaching malpractice. So for those of you who think that I get paid by the Raiders, I don't. But number two, we've been critical of the entire front office. We criticized the Waller deal when it happened. So right. again, you know, it's just, we did. And so you're going to get it as we feel. And again, not always right, but I'm just telling you, we're going to give it to you that way. 
Mo's right. We're not going to tell you how to fan. I might tell you you're being too negative and it's not good for your health. That's not because I'm telling you not to fan that way. I'm just telling you I don't want you to drop dead because it's not worth it. Scott, one last analogy, right? You're yeah. you're a father, right? And I'm sure you're yes. taking road trips. Yes. I'm sure you've gotten in a car, got on the road and said, we want to get to point A at a certain time. We want to get to point B at a certain time. And it turns out that didn't happen. You came into it with a plan, right? But you oh, yeah. had to pivot from that plan because something happened. Maybe God oh, yeah. forbid somebody got sick. You forgot something. You had to make a detour. This road is closed. You can come into a situation with a plan, but doesn't mean it's going to work out. And when it doesn't work out, you got to have, you got to pivot. You got to have a plan B. You got to pivot. The kid throws up on you in the car, uh, <laughs> whatever. In fact, no, it's, it's funny you say that, Mo, because I had my son the other day. We said, okay, we're going to do this on Saturday. I forgot what the activity was. And then it snowed outside. It was cold. We couldn't get outside. And then my younger son was sick. So... We're like, okay, we can't go to the museum. I think it was a museum. We can't go to the museum today. We're going to go next week. You lied to me. <laughs> you lied. You said we were going to go. Well, I didn't lie to you. We were going to go. But guess what happened? Your brother got sick. It snowed outside. The roads aren't great. So we're not going to go. And so this is what I'm talking about with people. It's like, yes, if people, if people misrepresent something, if, 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 if Mark Davis said to you tomorrow in an interview that we're going for the Super Bowl this year, we will do anything to win. And then you see what happened. I get it. But at the time, they had this press conference and everybody's all jovial because they just signed for a ton of money. They have a vision, but things change. And I understand it's not fun, but just keep that in mind. So, Mo, great, great reminder for everybody. All right. We are at the end of the show. We went a little long, but uh, it's been a busy week. And I know you guys are downloading the heck out of this show. We're glad you're here to listen to us. And we got more coming up. As news breaks, if something happens in the next, you know, the rest of today on Thursday, tomorrow on Friday, we'll certainly uh, try to get on the air with you and give you some more content. Also, we got the draft coming up. So we'll we'll spend a little bit of next week talking about that, but then we're going to start talking to, or about the free agency, but then we're going to start looking towards the draft. We got a slew of guests. We'll get Baldy back on as he told us he would come back on to talk about the draft. We got some folks from Bleacher Report coming on the draft. We have other national media who cover the NFL draft, who will be on with us as well. Mo, I'm getting excited about the draft now. We can, not quite yet, but we can almost start turning the page and turning our attention to those young bucks that we're going to see drafted in April in Kansas City. Let's just hope the Raiders make some moves before in between now and the draft because Raider fans are going to be so gloomy going to the draft that the Raiders don't yeah. make at least one notable signing. They, they're ready to see some improvements, specifically on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I, if I if I had to go in a casino in Las Vegas and put all my money on red or black right now on the roulette table on what they'll do, I'm with you. I think they're going to make a move for a defensive player. Um, I still I'm still holding out some thought that they move up in the draft. We'll see, but I think the biggest probability is that they do something on the defensive side, whether that's up front, linebacker, defensive, whatever it is. I think they're going to do something there, and that's why they're getting those picks. Two things I, I would probably, if I had to put some money on, Hunter Renfro traded and an acquisition ah. for a defensive player. Those two things I think are still on the radar for the Raiders. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, listen, as always, my friend, thanks for being with us. Sounds good. Appreciate it. We'll be back with a lot. We got second wave of, so much. Wave of free agency. As I said, Dave Ziggler, I feel like, is waiting for some prices to drop with some players. So second wave of free agency could be a lot more eventful than the first wave for the Raiders. Yes. And as trade as teams look to trade away assets, again, that market's going to heat up too. And we're going to talk about it here 
on Silver and Black today. Do us a favor. If you don't already subscribe to the show, do so wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your audio. Just look for Silver and Black today. Turn on those auto downloads for us. That helps us out. We appreciate that. And then make sure you don't miss any new shows. Also, please do us a favor and uh, make sure you subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. The YouTube guys, Mo, was really funny because we record the show and then we premiere it and I jump in the chat live. Um, you know, they're like, why are you talking about, you didn't talk about that. It's like, well, yeah, it's free agency. Like things happen every hour. We can't, we can't, we can't be live for 12 hours a day, but we certainly appreciate you're there. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notifications bell. And then for our listeners on Silver and Black today on Odyssey's The Bet in Las Vegas. We appreciate you guys being with us too. For Mo Moten, for our producer, David Stepanian, I am Scott Branson. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Thanks again.